Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mumpreneurs by mumpreneurs. Each week, we're diving into mum-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I am your co-host, Michelle Ponvert, and I'm here with my co-host, Olivia Radcliffe. And we're going to get geeky around email marketing. (laughs) We've been both really trying a lot of different things with our email lists, and I think it would be really fun for us to share what we've tried, what's working, maybe what we're sort of working on improving and kind of everything email. So Olivia, you were just telling me about your email history and I think it's a really fun place for us to start. So tell us about how you started your list and what's been going on with it since then. Uh, Sure. Um, So I started my list like every other entrepreneur with a lead magnet and some Facebook ads and throwing my lead magnet everywhere I possibly could and all sorts of, you know, Facebook networking groups, things like that. Um, and then after a little bit, I I got pregnant and um, and I was far too like I was sick. I didn't want to look at the computer. I rebelled very heavily against uh actually talking yeah to my email list I stopped emailing and I thought I would just give myself a break for the first trimester well you know the sickness kind of stayed around for the second and the third and then I had a new baby and then um yeah it just turned into long story short two years without me sending like one email to my email list. And um, I felt, and then the longer I went, the harder it was to get back into emailing them. I felt so, I, I don't know, ashamed, I guess, because, you know, here I was teaching other people how to do their marketing and everything. And I was completely neglecting my own email list. Um, and Then a day came where I just realized, you know what? It is what it is. I sent an email that said, hey, I've been a really terrible friend. You signed up for this thing. And then I ghosted you. And I'm so sorry. I'm back now. This is what I'm going to do. I actually decided at that time I was going to email daily. And I said, I'm going to show up in your inbox daily. I'm committing to this. If this isn't what you want anymore, like, that's fair enough. It's been two years. Things change. Like here's the unsubscribe button. And I made it very obvious and I just went from there and I let it go. Yeah. I don't think you got that many unsubscribes, right? No, that's, that's the crazy thing. Yeah. um, I think literally there were only like four people out of my existing list of like 800 that unsubscribed. It was, it was, it's a smaller list by some standards larger by others, but anyways. Um, And then my open rates since then have been, you know, 34 to 45% open rates, which are pretty decent, especially for, you know, radio silent two years. So. Yeah. Well, I think it shows the the value of putting out the right lead magnet, doing that nurturing, because look, even if you take a break, people are wanting to be there. They've opted in to being in your world. And I think that's the great thing about email marketing. It is a more personal relationship. And Mm -hmm. I think there is a little bit more leeway for 
like our humanity to seep through and take breaks and you know make foibles and kind of have those moments where you couldn't necessarily do that or feel as confident doing that in public on things like social media or even on your website it's less polished because it is such a personal thing you know hopping into your email is the same thing whether you're talking to your mom or your aunt or your partner or someone whose email list you opted to join into so I do think it has a different tone than some of these other marketing channels but yeah no I think that's really inspiring and in talking about list size that's been very much on my mind recently I've been shifting from doing one-on-one services to sort of other ways to generate income that are less time specific so digital products and maybe group programs um, and other things like that and list growth has been really on my mind but growing a list of just people is very different than growing a list of the right people and Mm. I think that is something hard and important to keep in mind because it can get really exciting and and kind of thrilling to just accumulate those numbers and maybe not keeping an eye on who's actually joining your list so that's been very top of mind for me recently as I've focused on list growth and getting my business and my offers in front of the right people at a larger scale. Yeah, I mean, that's an amazing point you brought up, growing a list of the right people, not mm-hmm. just gathering anybody and everybody who comes. Uh, you have to have some sort of understanding of who your ideal client is, who you're trying to talk to, who you can actually help and serve the best. And kind of let go of those vanity metrics of just that that number of people on your on your list. I mean, if you think about it, you know, if you had a hundred people, a hundred people like absolutely primed, who are your absolute ideal clients standing in a room that you're going to get in front of and sell your thing, that would be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? Like to have a hundred people who really just want to buy your stuff. That's better than a room of a thousand people who are kind of like, meh, who's this person again? Like it's, yeah. So letting go of that need to just have a big list, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just did the very unintuitive thing of actually unsubscribing people who aren't opening my emails, you know, doing a scrub of all the cold subscribers. And it's so weird because you spend all this time and energy trying to get people into your world and trying to get them to opt in but if they've been sitting on your email list not opening anything for you know 30 or 60 or 90 days they're they're really just a drain like you have to pay for your list on certain sort of email systems and certain numbers are expensive you know maintaining a big list that's not earning you money is pointless so I just did that sort of big scary thing of putting together my cold subscriber list sort of sequence to get people re-engaged. And if they're not re-engaged, just invite them to leave my list because it's not serving them anymore. So it's been a fun, weird thing to go through. <laughs> it is. It's definitely a growth thing, I think, for mm-hmm. any entrepreneur to come to that realization that it's okay to let people go like that. That they're just clearing the way for your perfect subscribers to come on. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what went into your kind of your, your cold subscriber sequence? 
Yeah, I mean, I cheated a little bit. I am on ConvertKit and they have a pre-built sort of little sequence that they offer you. That's not cheating. That's being smart. I like it. I love a good template. So I borrowed that and then tweaked it so it sounded like me and kind of made sure that they remembered who I was and what I was offering in that sequence. So basically, I think it's three emails where I just say, hey, I don't you haven't seen you open my emails recently I just want to make sure you still want to be here to learn about websites and branding and all the good things I have to offer and then I have another email reminding them about the free thing that they'd signed up for and kind of offering that link again saying I don't know if you got this here it is again if you have any you know questions or you want to kind of keep engaged this is where I'm at this is where I hang out with people on a closer level so stick around and like offer a link to stay on the list. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is like, hey, this is the last call. If you uh, want to stick around, click this link and I'll add you back into my regular emails. And if not, then, you know, thanks for for joining me for this time. And I hope you have all the success. And that's sort of where they drop off the little funnel and basically leave my list. Um, Very simple tech, really. It's all about writing that sequence and then assigning tags to people. If they click the link, then they go back into my main list. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then I add them to a tag that says unsubscribe. And then I have to manually just unsubscribe them, which I do once a month. Okay. That works. Yeah. Funnels are, are a funny thing. I think that's something else we could talk about because inevitably, I think funnels do involve some email. And for both of us, that has been something we are using to promote our offers and building out the sort of funnels and sales emails in your systems. So I'm curious what your experience has been like building out those sequences and how that fits into kind of your funnel overall of pitching your services and products. Yeah, well, I mean, first off, I'm going to throw the big note in there that it's always changing, right? <laughs> our, our funnels are evolving as we're learning and growing, you know, the things we're adapting and growing with it. So I don't have one set thing that I've used for forever, um, but I do have the concepts behind it that I use mm-hmm. routinely. And so just the basic lead generating funnel, um, whether you're starting with, a freebie or, you know, a, a workshop or a challenge or, you know, anything, a, a speaking event, anything where you're collecting people's information, um, you obviously then deliver whatever that, that freebie or whatever you're promising, make sure that gets delivered effectively. And then um, where a lot of marketers kind of go from there is they just kind of throw them into their normal newsletter sequence, whether that's weekly or in my case, daily, which I do want to touch on at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But what I highly recommend instead is putting them into a sequence that's more about getting to know you Mm -hmm. and your business and your values. Because a lot of times if someone signs up for your freebie and with your normal email marketing, you're in the middle of a sale or something. So someone gets your freebie and then they're jumped, you know, thrown into your list in the middle of this, buy my stuff. And (laughs) that's going to feel really, really jarring for them. Um, But if you kind of ease them into getting to know you and your personality a little bit more, you know, uh, tell them about your values, your goals, what you teach, 
uh, kind of get into the specifics of that a little bit more, it really helps with that transition uh, into then whatever you do normally. Um, And I then have one more step after the getting to know you where I then talk a little bit more specifically about what of my low ticket offers. And I invite them to join that because that is the, and actually right now it's my membership currently, because that is the easiest way to get into my world and for me to help them get a very quick win. You know, if they join that, like I know I can help them make progress right away. So that's, you know, they get that invitation to join that. I talk about the benefits of it. And then they go into my normal daily emails at this point. Nice. Yeah, I think I have a fairly similar point of view as well. I really don't love when I join a list and I have all those sort of welcoming, getting to know you emails and the sales stuff bombarding me at the same time. I find it really overwhelming um, and a bit off-putting. So I've done exactly the same. I keep people kind of separately in my little welcome nurture sequence and then once they finish that then they join the main list where I send out I only do weekly but it's moved bi-weekly since we we sort of talked about this because I do think there is a lot of value in staying in people's minds and kind of offering value on a more regular basis Um, but I also have that sort of getting to know you welcome value adding sequence which I think is about five or six emails at this stage and then I lead into a sale sequence where I basically share the value the sort of benefits and all of those good pieces around my easy template kit which is the entry level ish offer I actually have some smaller products but that's my product that solves the main thing that people come to me for, which is like, I need a website that Mm -hmm. actually works for my business. That is my main easy way in to get that done. And then eventually throughout my sort of weekly nurturing, I offer some of the one-on-one services and higher touch ways I can support them too. So it's very similar, even though we kind of sell quite different things. I think that logic is really, is really carefully thought through and very considered to not, bombard people with too much not to jump into the sale right away to kind of let people get to know you like you would in a real relationship too right right Uh, remembering yeah we're just people talking to other people just via email this time yeah and I think that's a key point there remembering we're just people talking to other people you know it doesn't have to be super hard or super salesy or you know just treat them the way you want to be treated on, on your email list. At this point, I think we're all on a million and a half different email lists. Our <laughs> inboxes are full. I know there's so many things I get daily that like I want to read, but then I just don't have time to. Um, and so I, I personally pay very close attention to the things I actually do click and make mm-hmm. the decision to read. And then I see how they're talking to me and why I appreciate that. And then take note of that and see if it's something that feels right for me to try to emulate in my own marketing. Mm. Is there something recently that you saw in someone else's emails that you were like, oh, I'm going to pinch that? <laughs> yeah, well, um, actually, the whole daily email concept mm. uh, came up. Um, one of my business coaches, he emails daily and he has this absolutely, I, I loved getting his emails. You know, they were just really light and 
but still hard hitting points. And like, Mm. it it didn't feel hard to read them. You know, sometimes you get into an email and it's like, I'm like, how long is it? (laughs) Paragraphs. And you keep scrolling to get to the bottom to see if they summarize it in the PS at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, how does he do this? This is brilliant. Mm. And so I paid attention to his emails and how he does it. And um, it really, really, Uh, kind of hit home just Mm -hmm. at how conversational and light. And like you said, how easy it can be just to, you're just talking to people. How would you talk to your friends sort of thing? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I love hearing your journey to moving to the daily emailing. I very much took the approach of like, oh, other people do weekly. And that sounds like a good idea. I'll just do that. And then I slowly found myself having more and more things I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. And with this idea of like, oh, it's like as if basically I was emailing you, Olivia, and being like, hey, did you hear about this thing? Or, hey, I've got this you know, cool idea. Or did you yeah, know I had this thing on um, that could help you? I, I wouldn't wait a week to tell you that. Right, right. <laughs> I would just email you. So I've been trying to be a little more flexible, which it's funny because I know there's all this rhetoric around like being consistent and having a schedule. And I'm like, I just want to email people when I'm thinking of emailing them <laughs> and tell them what I want them to hear and what I'm excited to share. So I'm trying to be a little bit more free flowing with my emails at the moment. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like to see how that plays out. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that is one of the trends I've seen lately of mm-hmm. being more flexible and and being more open with that schedule instead of a rigid, all right, every Monday at 2 p.m., I'm mm-hmm. sending my email, which if that works better for your schedule, by all means, stick with the schedule, stick with the routine, because uh, that works as well. But yeah. um, it's kind of interesting. I When I first started emailing daily, because I started out emailing weekly, um, like you did, and then I actually went to a once a month newsletter and made it like a really big, like, here's all my blogs from the month. Here's my favorite tools, you know, thing. Um, And then, as I mentioned, then I didn't email at all for two years. (laughs) Um, But then jumping back in with this daily email thing at first, I was really scared that I was going to just annoy my audience. Like, no other, uh, because we're all super busy. We all have all these things in our inboxes. And I thought, oh my God, daily people are going to hate me for this, (laughs) but it's actually been really brilliant because like we talked about with the unsubscribes, there's kind of an elegance in letting go of Mm -hmm. that, of realizing that if people don't want to read your email, they won't that day. But when they do, when they need you, when they actually have something that they need help with, you are always going to be there for them. Yeah. I think that gives yeah. more permission for people to like dip in and out of your emails too. Yeah. Yeah. If they know there's another one coming in a day or two or three, there's less pressure on them to make sure they read every single one to get the essence of what you have to share or let's say you are doing a promotion, only sending one email about that puts a lot of pressure on that one email to get opened. And for me as a subscriber to make sure I don't miss that while sharing multiple emails gives people multiple opportunities to dip in when they're ready. So I think that's like a nice kind of customer experience too. 
Yeah. I like to say that I email every day. I want to be there for my audience and I want to make sales, which is every single day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to be there. Um, and to be clear, I do make it very, I, I make it very obvious where they can unsubscribe from the mm. daily list and still stay on my regular list. Mm. Um, so that if they are annoyed by the daily emails, totally fine. Here, get off the list. I don't want to annoy you. Mm. Um, and then I'm not selling every single day. Well, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to take that back. <laughs> There's a little bit of selling every single day, but mm. I am not sending hardcore buy my stuff. I'm launching emails. Yeah. It's always starting with a, a bit of a story, a point, you know, I, and then I have this thing in my signature. It's the super signature where you write out, all right, whenever you're ready, here are some other ways to work with me. And then you list maybe a free anonymous thing that someone can do. Like in our case, I have listened to the podcast. We don't need to know who you are for you to listen to us. Um, and you definitely don't have to pay us. And then go into a low ticket thing, maybe my membership, or uh, sometimes I will list um, the book series or something mm -hmm. for people to buy. And then you move into the higher ticket if you want. If, if your list is nurtured enough, you could throw in, okay, here's how to work with me one-to-one, -one, or maybe if you have a signature program or something like that, you can list that in your signature. And I do change it up, but some version of that is in every single email. Um, so people can make the choice as to when they are ready to move forward mm. with that. Yeah, I've been very curious about the super signature because I also have that soft sell in any email I'm sending like I always want to offer people the opportunity to go deeper whatever that is whether I'm sending them to another free thing sending to the podcast my blog or a paid thing and there's times where I'm like I've got multiple things that could help you so I, I might be experimenting with the super signature sometime soon I think it is really nice to give people that opportunity and it reminds me of I think it's um, an economist. I remember listening to it on Freakonomics uh, Radio, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Mm -hmm. And they they talk about this sort of thing of doing the experiment with kids uh, and self-control. There's an experiment where scientists were giving kids a marshmallow and telling them, like, you know, you can eat this when you want. But uh, the way they phrased it was, you can have this when you want, if you want. And it was giving that choice of, like, it's here for you when you're ready if you want it and not making that like a requirement that they have to have it. And it's just when I'm ready. I think just your language that was so beautiful. It really reminded me of that phrase of like here, when you want, if you want, here are the options for you. I think that's a really beautiful way to open the door without pushing people through it. So I just love that. <laughs> I like, I do like how it plays into, um, just kind of that authentic non-sleazy sales of mm. you are always there on your client's timeline. You know, you're yeah. not saying, all right, I'm launching this thing. You have to buy now, you know, get into my timeline. Thing. <laughs> you're there on their timeline. Whenever they need you, you are there. Now I do have launch sequences and things like that. There are big things that we still launch and, you know, 
and have some scarcity involved and things like that, because there is some real scarcity. I am closing the doors to this thing. There are a limited number. Um, and those emails look a little bit different, mm. but just for the daily or weekly or monthly or whatever you end up doing, um, having that kind of soft sale, just that invitation to go deeper with you, I think um, can really make a, a big impact. Mm. I think you're, yeah, there's, there's something there of just letting people join when they're ready and take the steps they're ready for. Kind of thinking around this sort of frequency piece, I'm really curious what your take is on sending emails kind of quote unquote in the moment, writing them and sending them or scheduling them out. Cause I am a big scheduler and I'm having to rein it back in a little bit <laughs> with my more spontaneous kind of email schedule that I'm going for. But I think with a daily email, I'm, I'm very curious how much you schedule out. <laughs> yeah. I am in a very big in the moment kick actually. Mm. And that's a little bit against my nature. I am naturally a scheduler, I tend to worry about getting things done. And so I, in the past, would have sit down and written out weeks or a month or plus worth of content, gotten it scheduled, and then been like, okay, I know it's going out. I'm good. This writing daily, I, I write my email daily and I send it. And I might schedule it like a few hours in advance or something. Um, if I know that, you know, my son and I are going to be off at the lake or something, you know, I, I might do that, but I am writing it daily and it's, it's actually been really, really amazing because mm -hmm. it's allowed me to stay very much in the moment of what I'm learning each and every day, which mm -hmm. is every, like, there's, there's always these amazing lessons that we learn mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs that I can see and tap into and then immediately share with my audience. And you kind of get that excitement from me, yeah. I think that comes across of this is this amazing thing I just learned or this amazing experience. Um, and I actually have received more emails back. I've had people responding to these emails saying that they can feel how excited I am or that this is amazing. How can they learn more sort of thing? And mm. I will admit I've never received as many responses back to emails as I have now. Wow. Yeah, I think it's so, so telling which emails people reply to. I've had a few emails where the idea just came kind of fully formed and I was really excited to sit down and write it. And those are always, without doubt, the ones people respond to. And like, mm -hmm. oh, I loved this. And when there's a bit of storytelling or when there's some touch of your day-to-day -day life in it, it's it's never failed me to be the ones that people get excited about and answer. Um, but yeah, I think that, practice of making space for your email to take the time it almost reminds me of the old pen pal logic you know I don't yeah. know if you had pen pal when you were little but I, I used to write to my grandma pretty regularly and sitting down to write a letter it it's sort of almost that old-fashioned way of just putting aside time to write to the people you're thinking of and share the little moments in your day I think it's a really beautiful practice and something probably people who journal or who do write letters can really, really connect to. That's pretty amazing. I didn't even put that connection together before, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, I used to write my grandma all the time too. And that sitting down in the moment and writing to the people you're thinking about, that's exactly what it is. I'm just writing a daily letter to my email list and telling them this mm. is what's going on in my life. 
And there are some times where there's not a lot going on. You know, it's, I mean, not every email is a complete home run. I feel absolutely amazing about it. Um, And that's totally okay too. And I think it does help for them to kind of see that human factor as well. But Yeah. And I think when there are those emails that you feel really good about and that do get a good response, I have been just earmarking those Mm -hmm. and seeing if I can add them into that nurturing sequence at the beginning of people's relationship with me in my email list of, hey, this is some of the best stuff I put out there. Let me give it to you now. And that way I don't have to remember to do it later (laughs) and recycle that. But it's also a really lovely way to kind of show people the best of what you have to offer and reuse that content that you did pour your sort of heart into. So that's been something I've been going through as well of picking, kind of cherry picking those best emails and injecting them back into my nurture sequence. That's, that's a really good tip right there. I I have been doing the same thing of finding the ones that resonate the most. And I have a folder where I, I save all my emails and I tag the ones that are like the most popular ones. Um, what metrics do you use to track in your email mm. system? It's so funny because I'm a web designer. I love you know data and all of that kind of analytic stuff. And I use absolutely zero data for my email <laughs> list. It is gut. It's like, did people answer this? Did people tell me they loved this email? Did I feel really good about it? Do I feel like it matches my brand and my brand voice and position me as an expert? Does it sell the thing I want to sell? Those are the ones I'm really excited about. And I kind of want to recycle, but absolutely zero metrics go into that decision-making process. I love that. It makes me panic a little bit inside to hear you say it, but I love it. <laughs> I do much more metric stuff on my website and blogs, but uh-huh. I don't know, email I take differently. I feel it's much more relationship-based, so emotions run free. <laughs> I love that. And I think you're right, actually. I think especially if we switch our mindset around it and look at it as if we're writing a letter, having that relationship mm-hmm. with someone. Um, I, I think you're right. It does come down to which emails are getting responses. I do. Um, I do add tags to the links in my emails. Mm-hmm. So if someone clicks the link to go look at the books or something, they get tagged with that. And so then I have this, custom list of like, all right, next, the next book that's coming out in the series, I'm going to make sure I email something special to you. Um, Mm -hmm. But also with emailing daily, I've stopped really, I do look at the open rate, um, but I've stopped not caring about it. I do still care (laughs) about it, Um, but it's a little bit less because I know not everyone's going to open my email daily. You know, I, I know there's a few people who have said they they wait for my email every day. So I know they're Aww. opening it every single day. Um, but uh, but I know that because I'm sending so many, I'm not going to have the best open mm-hmm. rate every day. I know that weekends are lower because people hopefully aren't always in their inbox. They're not having <laughs> fun. Um, and unsubscribe rates. Well, I don't even really pay too much attention to those anymore. Whenever someone unsubscribes, I actually do a little bit of a celebration, a little happy dance because, okay, you cleared the way for someone else. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's hopefully a victory because they don't need whatever we're sharing right. about anymore. Like they've graduated beyond what we're doing. And I hope that when people do leave my list, it's the same thing. It's either, hey, this isn't the right 
resource for me. This isn't the right help I need right now. Or I've fixed this. <laughs> Great, let's move on. You know, there's no point in them sticking around if it's redundant or not applicable. There's there's no point to that. So I agree. I'm always happy when people make the choice to leave. I'm like, okay, they must be leaving for a reason. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And I know it can be very hard not to take it personally. Like, oh my gosh, they don't like me. What did I say? What did I do? But it's not you. It's not you. It's all about them and their journey and where they are. And the sooner you can accept that, the easier it will be to Mm -hmm. have people unsubscribe. Yeah. Um, And I think you can prepare yourself for those moments that you're likely to get a few more unsubscribes. It's usually mm -hmm. during sales and promotions. And that's when you are talking a bit more about your offers and that's fine if people leave because they're obviously not going to be potential customers or clients if when you share the most explicitly about what you have to sell, what you are doing as a business and they're not interested, they're not probably ever going to be interested. So I think it's fine that those sort of unsubscribe rates are higher during promotional periods because that's when kind of like the, what is the expression, the things rise to the top. Yes. I don't remember what the expression is, but that that one. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but I couldn't say it either. Yes, no, it, it's definitely like, okay, if you're not going to buy, then not get out, but on a very, in a very nice way. Yeah, get out. Okay, things mm-hmm. like um, I've done what I can to help you. And yeah. So as far as platforms go, mm-hmm. What sort of platforms do you use with your marketing? Yeah, so email specifically. I use ConvertKit for my email list, which I really enjoy. I think it is the best compromise I've found between something that's quite simple and user-friendly. User-friendliness is always key for me. And then being robust enough with sequences and tagging and sort of automations to do kind of the fancy stuff I want. So I'm really happy with it. I've worked with clients who've used all sorts of different platforms. So I know the back end of a lot of different ones and I'm still pretty happy with my choice. Um, And then in terms of getting people onto my list, I do a lot obviously with my website. I have um, my free training, which is my opt-in all over my website, just literally all over it. I've got some pop-ups that show when people are on certain pages of my site, sort of offering that as the next step, which convert really well. And then I have done a bunch of work recently building my list that's completely not platform related, but um, that's been really great too. And making sure that my website is really optimized for that conversion has been really helpful because then when I do the sort of PR work, you know, trying to be visible, when I do send people to my website, it's pretty easy for them to then get on my list from there. So those are kind of the main, let's say, platforms and tools is ConvertKit and my website. How about you? Keeping it very simple. Mm-hmm. That's um, So I used to bounce around from email platform to email platform. I could not find anything I absolutely loved. And then a little bit of shiny object syndrome would set in and I'd see (laughs) someone using something else and think, well, maybe Mm -hmm. that's better. And I would do the the horrible daunting task of transferring my entire list and all of my emails and sequences over to the next platform only to be like, well, this isn't really better. I don't really (laughs) like it. I move on to the next one. And so um, my team actually did sit down with me at one point and said, Olivia, (laughs) one and stick with it (laughs) 
<laughs> at least for a year. Just give us a year before we start moving stuff again. And an email list intervention. <laughs> so at this point, I am using Kajabi for mm-hmm. a lot of my programs and I've been using their email platform. And I know we have had discussions about email and other tools in all-in-one features. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, um, I actually, it, it does what I needed to do in the moment. So mm-hmm. for me, the most important things are that I can segment lists easily. I can add tags very easily to people um, so that I can segment. And, and like I mentioned before, if someone's interested in the book, I can send specific book-related emails just to them. Um, it's really important to me that people have an option to unsubscribe from those different segments without having to unsubscribe from the complete whole master list. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's that's really about it. I, I do. Um, it's important to have an op- a way to have sequences in place and some pre-scheduled emails as well as just the in the moment email blasts. Uh, but those are the big things that I look for. Mm-hmm. And so far, I think I'm okay to stick with the Kajabi email for a year. I've given them a year. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's always a good thing to do in any like relationship with the tools you use is to, you know, take it as it is and then evaluate and see how it's serving you. So I don't think that's a bad approach. Although swapping email lists every year does sound like a bit of a nightmare. I, I wouldn't recommend lot. that. <laughs> yes I am a bit of a masochist when it comes to my email list (laughs) so I think we've covered almost everything I had one more question I was curious about just because I genuinely want to know and then we should Mm -hmm. probably wrap up but how are you building your list now you mentioned how you started but how are you building your list today yeah so um I do have a number of different ways. I, again, I have my freebie like you plastered all over my website. Uh, I do post it anywhere on my, my social platforms, things like that. I make sure it's very readily available for people to access. Um, I am a huge fan of networking in social media business groups. I have some Facebook business groups that I'm a member in that I just absolutely love. I love the members. I love the energy. And they always have opportunities to share your freebies and such. And I always uh, take part in that. And at first I thought, there's no way I'm going to get any traction with this. Like it's just an exercise to do, but it actually, the more you interact in the groups and engage with people, and then they see that freebie. Um, they already kind of know what you're about a little bit. Mm-hmm. They, they've been helped by you before. I've actually gotten a, a big conversion rate from, from those groups. Um, and then there's always, uh, there's always ads to your freebie. Mm-hmm. And I have done that before. I actually don't know if I have any ads running at the moment. I don't think I do. I should check that. Um, but uh, having, I usually use Facebook ads uh, to the freebie and maybe we can talk at some point. I actually have some tips and tricks for how to develop that kind of a cheaper audience of mm. very uh, active people who are interested in your stuff 
that I utilize every time I run something to a lead magnet. So mm. yeah, I've never ventured into ads. So I think that would be a really fun thing to talk about from, from mm. that perspective. I, I think the other piece that's been really helpful, I've also tried the Facebook groups and picking just a handful where I'm more engaged and, and sharing at any time mm-hmm. there's an opportunity that's worked really well for me too. I think the other thing I went on a really big kick of, let's say like speaking opportunities. So when I'm a guest on anyone else's podcast or in their yes. group or membership, um, I've just been really working on visibility. And anytime I'm in front of someone else's audience, I make sure to send them to my freebie I have a landing page and I always send them there like that is the first highest priority for me um and that's worked incredibly well because I've already given value they know me they've heard me talk this in my face and so there's a lot of trust built up and those convert very very well for building my list um and then I've gone on a kick recently of speaking in some summits joining some giveaway bundles and that's been really really great it's a different experience and a lot of work and you do get a slightly broader audience so that's been what sparked me working on kind of skimming off the, the people who are not as engaged from my list but it has been a really great way to utilize this kick I've been on of being more visible and more public um, to also get conversions to my email list so that's been a really fun and pretty effortless experience even though you know I have to get ready for those speaking opportunities I find that quite easy so (laughs) like lent into what's naturally kind of easy for me yeah I love it and I I love what you talked about making that your first priority when you're talking um, in someone else's group on a podcast things like that making sure you're connecting with that audience and then giving them that way to work deeper with you if they're interested I love that. Yeah. I always find when I listen to podcasts, I'm a big podcast person. Mm -hmm. um, And I always find when people just share one thing that is more value for me, I'm much more inclined to go sign up for it than if they share a bunch of links and like the social and here's where you can find me there and there and there and there. And I I get lost and overwhelmed and I usually kind of give up. So I've really taken to just sending the one place, like just go get this free thing you'll get even more value and then we can keep chatting more. I love that. And I think it, I, I agree completely. I can get very overwhelmed um, with podcasts, getting all the different calls to action, especially if you're listening, you know, while you're driving, you're doing something else or, you know, it can get hard to keep track of all that stuff. I think having one specific URL, that's very easy to say on the (laughs) podcast also. Um, can also help so perfect well why don't we wrap up by sharing our free things I feel like that's the perfect segue (laughs) um if you want I can go first of course Uh, so my free thing is a 16 minute super value-packed really actionable training all about creating a website that converts and it includes my very best tips on optimizing a website to basically convert those website visitors into actual paying clients. And you can find that at my website, Michelle Pontvert, P-O-N-T-V-E-R-T.com slash converts. Nice and easy. <laughs> nice and easy. I love it. Uh, yes. Yeah, so currently at the moment, I have a, uh, a template for creating your content calendar. And this template is all about helping you 
Uh, it talks about the five posts you need to help uh, convert your audience, increase engagement, and also establish yourself as an authority in your niche. And so I have a template. I have a PDF that walks through everything. I have examples of actual content posts I have used in my business that have converted very well for each of the different posts. And then I also have a video training that I've pulled directly from one of my group programs uh, that actually teaches the concepts behind why you're doing this so that you have the fish and then can also go fish for yourself a little bit and uh, apply it to the rest of your marketing. So if that is of any interest, it's all over my website. So you can go to thebluebellgroup.com and uh, access it there. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in today's show and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we really appreciate a rating or just sharing the show with a business friend. We will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy mums with businesses.